Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I'm Anya Steiner, and you're listening to WET, the show where we talk about fascinating under-the-sea phenomena. And today, we're getting the facts straight about coral bleaching. Coral bleaching has been a hot topic in the last few years as global temperatures are rising and coral reefs are bleaching, but there's still a lot more to know about the situation at hand. Join me today as we take a dive into coral bleaching by learning what exactly are corals, what coral bleaching is really about, why it matters that reefs are bleaching, and what you and all of those around you can do to help. Before we dive into coral bleaching, it's important to understand what a coral is. Are corals plants? Are they animals? Are they rocks? Although corals are completely sessile, like rocks and plants, corals are actually animals. But those big structures that we see in oceans and recognize as coral reefs aren't just one giant coral. These large structures we see are actually what scientists call coral heads, which are made up of hundreds of thousands of small individual coral polyps which is what we call an individual coral. So while a colony of coral polyps makes up the large underwater structures we know as coral reefs, each individual coral polyp is a very tiny animal. Coral polyps are shaped so that on one end, they can settle as part of the coral head, and on the other end, the end that faces the open ocean, they have a little opening that leads to their stomach so they can ingest food. This opening, known as the mouth, is the only path to and from the stomach, and it's surrounded by little tentacles that both help bring nutrients into the stomach and expel debris out. Over time, as these coral polyps reproduce, grow, and die, they lie a calcium carbonate foundation, so a rock, which creates the structure that we recognize as growing reefs. Another important thing to understand about corals before we get into bleaching is that corals live in symbiosis with another organism. But first, a quick explanation of what a symbiosis is. A symbiosis is an ancient partnership formed over evolutionary time where two organisms in close proximity mutually benefit each other. In most corals, this symbiosis is with an algae called zooxanthellae. The zooxanthellae are plants and live inside the tissues of the coral polyps. In this partnership, the zooxanthellae benefit by having protection from predators by living inside the tissue of the coral polyps and by getting to use the coral's waste products, while the coral polyps benefit by having access to both the oxygen and other products of photosynthesis the algae creates. The energy the corals get from the zooxanthellae is what helps the corals build reefs, and it majorly contributes to the reef's growth over time. Okay, so now for the final review of everything we just went over. 
Basically, coral reefs are calcium carbonate structures, rocks, coated in tiny animals, coral polyps, with plants, zooxanthellae, in their tissues, helping the coral polyps grow and create massive reefs over long periods of time. Hopefully all of that, or at least most of it made sense so that now we can move on to coral bleaching. So now that we know that corals are little animals with plants embedded in their tissues that create calcium carbonate structures as they grow, reproduce, and die, we can start to understand what coral bleaching is. If you haven't ever scuba dived, snorkeled, or seen pictures of reefs before, you should know that coral reefs are famous for being hotspots of color and diversity in terms of corals and fishes. I'm talking greens and pinks and oranges and purples and so many hues in between, and that's just the coral. However, many of these famously colored reefs are now bone white through and through. The loss of pigmentation in coral reefs is what is known as coral bleaching. So how does coral bleaching happen and why? Well, remember how we talked about those little zooxanthellae living in the tissue of the coral polyps? Those algae are actually what gives color to the corals, which have otherwise mostly clear tissue. By living in the tissue of the coral polyps, zooxanthellae color the reefs with beautiful hues rather than the white calcium carbonate beneath the coral polyps. So when the corals turn white, in other words, when we see the corals are bleached, the loss of color is a result of the coral ejecting its symbiont, the zooxanthellae. Corals are not dead immediately after they bleach, but if they don't let the algae back in, the corals will soon die. It may seem counterintuitive for the corals to expel the zooxanthellae if without them they die, but there are actually many reasons that a coral might do so. While the methods of zooxanthellae expulsion are still an active area of research, we do know that corals bleach when they are stressed due to changing environmental conditions. The biggest known stressor for corals are changes in temperature, light, nutrients, or extremely low tides, ocean acidification, or pollution. As you may have guessed, many of these factors go hand in hand with climate change, notably ocean acidification and temperature change. Ocean acidification is an anthropogenically, so human, caused stressor related to rising levels of CO2 in our atmosphere, and it may cause coral bleaching. One study in particular predicted that sensitive reef building species will be pushed past their thresholds in the coming decades and will show declines in both growth and survival. Since that paper was published, we have seen increasingly acidifying conditions and declines of reefs at many latitudes as predicted. In combination with ocean acidification, we also have rising ocean temperatures affecting the corals in tandem. The thermal threshold of corals, the temperature that the corals bleach at, is on average only 1 to 2 degrees Celsius higher than the maximum temperatures they experience in an average summer meaning that corals are pretty sensitive to temperature changes, especially extreme ones. A scientific article published in 2019 shows with strong evidence that oceans are warming at a faster rate than previously predicted, which is especially prevalent in shallow waters, or in other words, where many corals live. This means that the threat of warming waters is a very real threat to shallow water corals, which will experience the highest extremes. 
In 2005, the U.S. lost half, yes, half of its corals in the Caribbean over just a few months due to a massive bleaching event. Furthermore, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's collection of satellite data shows that the thermal stress the corals were subjected to in 2005 during this event was higher than all of the thermal stress in the last 20 years combined. This event happened in 2005, which still sounds pretty recent, but it was actually 15 years ago at this point. Since then, data from many studies, including the fourth National Climate Assessment from the U.S. Global Change Research Program, shows that thermal stress is still increasing due to climate change, posing a growing threat to corals. This leads us to ask ourselves, how fast are corals bleaching around the world now? According to UNESCO, at all 29 coral reef-containing World Heritage Sites, the coral reefs may be completely bleached and dead by 2100 if we continue to emit carbon dioxide emissions at the same pace that we are currently doing so. Even iconic, well-loved reefs, ones that we can imagine probably have the most protection, such as the Great Barrier Reef, have faced devastating bleaching events in the face of climate change. The bleaching events in 2016 and 2017 killed 50% of the corals in the Great Barrier Reef, which is a huge reef, by the way, at nearly 135,000 square miles. And just for scale, the entire state of New Mexico is 122,000 square miles, making the Great Barrier Reef larger than the fifth biggest state in the U.S. That gives us perspective on just how much coral was bleached in 2016 and 2017. Also, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, between 2014 and 2017, heat stress was enough to bleach 75% of tropical coral reefs. And for 30% of those reefs, the bleaching was so intense it killed the corals. But back to the rate of bleaching, reefs grow very slowly usually only a few centimeters a year. So in no way can these growth rates keep up with the massive bleaching events happening worldwide today and that are predicted to continue happening in the future. But why do we even care if corals bleach? Well, there are many reasons to care about coral bleaching no matter who you are. Personally, preserving these awe-inspiring natural ecosystems is enough for me. But if it isn't for you or for someone you know, reefs are important for many reasons other than just being beautiful masterpieces of nature. For one, reefs help protect coastlines from damaging storms or wave impact. So the death of reefs could mean less protection for coastlines and more destruction on land when hurricanes and wave damage strike. Reefs also provide a habitat for many species, making them sites for biodiversity. Despite covering only a tenth of 1% of the ocean floor, coral reefs are home to over a quarter of all fish species in the world, and home to many other marine organisms as well. This type of biodiversity that we see in reefs is important because it helps to keep ecosystems healthy, balanced, and thriving, which is important for many reefs because they play an important role in food security for many poor coastal communities. For example, 
In the Philippines, coral reef fisheries play a substantial role in keeping up the food and livelihood security of the poorest and most economically insecure sector of coastal communities. This is true for many other Coral Triangle residents as well, such as Indonesia, Malaysia, and the Solomon Islands. On top of that, coral reefs play a huge role in ecotourism around the world. In the 2017 Delawit Access Economic Report, economists calculated the economic, social, and icon value of the Great Barrier Reef to be $56 billion. This number is a culmination of many contributing assets, namely tourism, which clocks in at being a $29 billion industry. Some other contributing factors are the 64,000 jobs generated by the Great Barrier Reef, the brand value, and the profits made by recreational divers and boaters. With recent coral bleaching events affecting the Great Barrier Reef, the executive director of the Association of Marine Park Tourism Operators, which represents the interests of the Great Barrier Reef, has publicly stated that tourist figures are down 50% across the 74 Whitsunday Islands and the effects of coral bleaching are being felt along the entire coast of Queensland. Coral reefs are a huge industry for tourism, food production, and coastal protection, which, in addition to the natural beauty of the reefs, makes coral reefs a priority to be preserved. If this all seems as overwhelming to you as it does to me, you might be wondering what I, as an individual, can do to help in a situation like this. While scientists are working hard to develop methods to unbleach corals, this is not yet a realistic solution that we can rely on, so making an individual effort is the best thing we can do to be environmental stewards. Doing our best to reduce, reuse, and recycle can help reduce pollution pressures on coral reefs along with avoiding chemically enhanced fertilizers for your garden. Even if you live halfway around the world from the closest reef, the ocean is all connected and reducing your footprint does make a difference. Also, if you go diving, don't touch. Individuals can help reduce the stress on coral reefs by being responsible tourists. But perhaps most importantly, we can't strategize about saving our coral reefs without addressing climate change. As stated by the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, scientific evidence for a warming of the climate system is unequivocal. According to NASA, the oceans are absorbing much of this heat associated with climate change, with the top 700 meters of water showing, on average, a 0.4 degree Fahrenheit increase in temperatures since 1969. Even though no one person can stop the effects of climate change with their individual actions, we can all work together to make a significant difference. This means doing your part to reduce carbon emissions where you can, but it also means voting for politicians who acknowledge and prioritize the climate crisis and are pushing to reinforce the Paris Agreement and hold large corporations responsible. And if you have the means, donating to foundations that are lobbying for climate-smart policies or biological research that focuses on genetic selection of heat-resistant corals, it's also an important way that we can help stop coral bleaching. Lastly, never forget that knowledge is power. Sharing the science you know about coral reefs and coral bleaching helps spread awareness of the obstacles coral reefs are up against, and it's something that we can all do to fight the effects of climate change caused coral bleaching.
Okay, so now a final once over of everything that we went through today. First, we learned that coral reefs are calcium carbonate structures, rocks, coated in tiny animals, coral polyps, with plants, the zooxanthellae, in their tissue, helping the coral polyps grow and create massive reefs over long periods of time. Second, we learned that coral bleaching is when the coral polyps eject their symbionts, the zooxanthellae, so that the reefs appear white rather than colorful. And we also learned that coral bleaching is happening at an alarming rate. Third, we learned that reefs offer coastal protection, food security, natural beauty, and are economically important to countries all around the world. And lastly, we learned that to help corals, we can try to reduce our carbon footprint, vote for climate-friendly policies, and share your scientific knowledge about corals with others. That's all I have for coral bleaching. I'm Anya, and thanks for joining me on today's episode of WET. This episode was written, recorded, edited, and produced by me, Anya Steiner. All music was written and produced and recorded by Michael Sanchez. All sound bites were used from free sound, public domain sound. And this episode has 14 citations, and I will make them available in the show notes in case you'd like to read more. Thanks again for listening. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.